to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves, and I'm happy to be with you guys today on this Monday. I feel like I haven't recorded in forever, even though it's only been a week, so I say this every week, but I'm excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, I don't really have much of a recap for my week. It's been pretty, you know, slow. I'm happy to be going into some fall weather in this North Carolina state that I'm in. And also, um, let's see, the major thing I think that happened this week was the debates. I think that's what had everybody uh, talking. Um, I'm not going to speak much on it. I try not to talk as much um, politics, you know, but it's kind of hard to because we're literally about to go into early voting pretty soon here. So that's the major thing that's going on right now is, um, you know, just the state of the world. So the I thought the debates was a complete shit show. I thought it was a complete embarrassment um, in general. Um, it was crazy. So that's the most thing that I want, the most that I want to kind of speak on it. I just thought it was just absolutely crazy. Um, I definitely still encourage everybody to vote, you know, unless it's just so much work that needs to be done. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised though, to be honest, that people are still so surprised when Trump does something. I don't even get what is so surprising. This man has basically told you who he is and shown you who he is the whole entire time that he's been in office. I don't, I don't get surprised by anything he does at this point. Like I'm, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I just think this whole thing is crazy. Uh, I guess the leading into the weekend, the major news was that him and first lady, uh, was diagnosed with COVID. Um, I will say this much, like at first I was kind of like, I wasn't really sure if he even had it. I feel like was this, was this deflection from the shit show of the debate? I, I don't know, you know, and I hate being one of those people that's like conspiracy theorists. Like I try not to be, but I don't really know either. But at the same time, like I will say this much, um, and not even just speaking on him, you know, I just feel like I, I'm, it's so confusing when you see that the mass has become a political thing. You know, the coronavirus is something that's impacted, um, the world, not just the United States, you know? And so it's crazy when you see these political campaigns and they're like, we're not going to force you to wear a mask, but everyone should be wearing a mask, right? Because a mask doesn't even hundred percent protect you, but it, but it can protect other people around you and yourself, right? It can still give you a level of protection, um, in some kind of capacity and lessen your chances of getting COVID. And, you know, to be honest with you, when I look at COVID and everything else, like I don't want it. You know, I don't want no parts of it and I don't want it. Like I'm still pretty much in the house, um, you know, and I only really, if I do hang out, I only really hang out with people that I know is being responsible. And I know like, you know, are in the house and kind of still chilling and taking it serious to, you know, a certain degree. Right. I think wearing a mask and I hate the fucking mask. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I wear glasses, my glasses be fogged the fuck up all the damn time when I'm trying to talk. But you know, the reality is, is that, is it that serious? And I just don't get like, why is it that serious? And so the thing that got me when they announced, you know, that Trump had, you know, COVID and things like that, the thing that got me was that he's like, has been braiding, you know, Biden in regards to wearing a mask and all that stuff. And just, you know, joking on him for wearing a mask. And then, you know, they had the ceremony where it was a maskless ceremony where no one in attendance basically was wearing a mask. And pretty much everybody that was there, you know, was coming out now that pretty much everybody was there pretty much has been diagnosed with COVID. So, oh, it's fucking crazy. Such craziness. Like, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I'm like, when the fuck did a mask become political? Just wear it, right? Just wear it. Take the shit serious. You know, still try to social distance as much as possible. 
Don't send be in big ass groups, just being fucking careless and reckless. Let's just think people and wear the fucking mask. Um, so I just thought when, when all this stuff was coming out about, you know, all the people in the white house and all that, that have, you know, COVID and things like that. I just thought it was a damn shame because I just think it's the whole thing is just a damn shame. So that was pretty much all that, uh, you know, that's been going on this week for the most part. So, um, let's just jump into some motivational Monday. So the thought of the week topic this week is going to be on self-exploration. I wanted to use the motivational Monday for, Uh, exercise towards self-exploration. So today I want you to take a risk. Um, Try to be vulnerable and open up about something that worries you. Um, And this should be in a safe space. So this should be, you know, with someone that you trust and someone that, you know, um, that you know you're safe with to talk to. And then after you, you know, talk about something that bothers you or worries you, um, do a journal entry and talk about like what you might've learned about yourself and what you gained from it, you know, from that conversation and things like that. So that's what I have for motivational Monday. I think that would be really cool to do. Um, that's something that I'm going to do as well. So, um, that's what I have for motivational Monday. So let's just go into some black excellence this week for my black excellence. uh, I wanted to acknowledge songstress her. Um, I love her. She is, uh, multi-talented. I mean, I think she plays damn near every instrument. Uh, so she's super dope if you don't know who she is. Well, she's making history as the first black female artist to launch her own Fender signature guitar in the company's 74 year history. I actually looked this up. Um, I think they were, I think they were up for pre-order or something. And so I actually was looking at this last week. Um, and the, the guitar is like really, really, uh, it's really pretty. I actually own two guitars. Um, I'm semi okay in playing them. I probably could spend a little more time with them, but I think my favorite thing in the world is instrumentation. My dad was an artist and, you know, we grew up around, you know, music and, uh, instrumentation. And so, uh, anytime that I see someone dive into that and that's their art and that's their passion, I absolutely love it. You know, I tell everybody like your kids should try to, you should always like encourage your kids to play an instrument of some form because the the levels of how you have to think and what it does to the brain. Um, I think it's on the same level as being an avid reader. Um, when you know, your kids are involved, uh, in the instruments, my goal next year, when the world kind of gets back to a non crazy place, but my goal next year is to learn how to play the piano. And so that's something I've wanted to do for years. And that's actually one of my goals for next year to finish 2021, being able to play, you know, some songs on the, on the um, piano. So I'm actually looking forward to that. All right. So let's just go into some hot topics. So I don't have many, I'm going to kind of talk about some TV a little bit today too, but let's just go over some, uh, important ones first. So this week it was announced that Kerry Washington joins leaders to launch 10 million racial justice in racial justice initiative. So I'm going to read a statement too, in regards to this kind of breakdown a little bit more what's about. So after the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Amar Arbery, we felt like we had to do something and something big. Robin Hood CEO and fund co-chair Wes Moore explained via email, there seems to be more understanding in this moment about racial injustice, particularly among white Americans, and we want to see that increased interest work for real change. When I talk about 2020, and I've been, I've done it too, where I'm like, oh my God, you know, I want 2020 to be over. We need to fucking do this shit again in 2021. But I will say, 
even though like 2020 has just been some shit right for everyone. But I will say that this is the first time that I feel like in a long time or the most that I've seen probably in my life. And I'm 36, um, where people are actually talking about some of them, the, like the injustice that's, that's happening and people are actually seeking to try to change, right? Like change is something to me that's not going to happen overnight. Um, and it's something that takes time, but I think that what's happening, what's happening, you know, with the civil unrest and all that stuff this year, this will be something that we will be talking about 20 years from now. And it's going to be something that's going to be historic because I do believe that when it comes to change, change has to start somewhere, you know, whether big or small, and we all have to be the change. Right. And so even though, like I talk about often about how we have so many levels of just hate, right? Just uh, underlining foundation of hate in America. And it's just the true reality of it. You know, unfortunately, I do believe that the more that you keep pushing, 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 pushing and stuffing shit down people's throat, you're still going to have your few bad apples, but you're also going to start making people think about some of the things that um, they're doing. I was having a conversation with one of my sorority sisters uh, a couple weeks ago and it was crazy, right? Because she um, is a, you know, a professional. She works um, like on a, a business level where she interfaces with different, you know, races and all that. So they've been having, she was telling me how they've been having more conversations and meetings in regards to diversity, which a lot of jobs have been doing. My job has been doing it as well, where we have more meetings and kind of discussions about race and diversity. And it's crazy because this is the first time that we've ever really, I mean, we talk about diversity a little bit when it comes to you know, sexual orientation and things like that. But for the most part, like we really don't touch on race. Um, I always kind of, you know, felt like that was something you just kept out of the workplace, right? Because people get so testy, but now you see more of a push of that. So she was telling me how um, with her white counterparts that they basically were saying, and and this is crazy because I think these people are like 30, 40 years old in their, you know, later years or whatever. And they were saying that they just now started considering white privilege and considering race. So out of all the years they've been on this earth, this is the first time that they started considering race in regards to anything. I think when people say that they don't see color, I understand sometimes what people are saying when they're like, oh, you know, I think everybody's equal. But you, I think the problem with that is that you might feel in your mind that everybody's equal and you might treat everybody equal. But I think when you get to the point that you understand that everybody is not equal and why we need to start changing that narrative. And that's what the problem is, is when you really start seeing change. So I think having the conversations and, you know, bringing it more into the forefront um, has been amazing. It's made people start talking about it more and it's made people start maybe thinking about some of the behaviors that they might have been doing with themselves because a lot of people don't really think about that you know so when I saw this I thought it was important and I and I think that is necessary um definitely and um so I don't think 2020 is complete wash I think a lot of changes and things that and conversations being started and what's going on is going to be something that I think is going to actually do some kind of difference. Maybe not right now. Uh, but you know, I think you have to start somewhere and, and, you know, it could be something that, you know, keep going and keep the fire going like in the next couple of years. So I don't know. So let's just go into some TV news and then I'm going to just kind of go into the thought of the week, but I want to talk about some TV. 
So I know last year you guys have seen me talk, um, I don't know how many fucking episodes about Queen Sugar. I absolutely love Queen Sugar. Last season was one of my favorite seasons. It, it dropped so many freaking nuggets. What I've been annoyed with this year, I'm not going to lie, uh, is that, you know, basically Hollywood was damn near shut down for a long ass time. And so, you know, no one was, no one was recording, no shows was, uh, in production or anything. And so I was excited to see that, uh, Ava DuVernay, uh, announced that they are resuming production of Queen Sugar. I'm very, very excited. And in the fifth season, they're going to cover COVID-19. They're going to recover Black Lives Matter and they're going to recover, uh, the election in this one. And what I like about Queen Sugar is that they touch on things that needs to be talked about and things that needs to be brought more awareness, but they give you a different take on it, different ways to look at those issues. So I'm very, I was very fucking excited when I saw that they were resuming production and hopefully that will be out soon. Um, I know they said 2021, it was going to return, but hopefully it's early 2021. I love that freaking show. So let's just get into some mess real fast. Are y'all watching Housewives of Potomac? I am, but are y'all watching Housewives of Potomac? So if you guys know, okay, because I talk about this all the time, that I am a big Housewives fan. I'm a Housewives stan. I watch all of them. Uh, I will say this much. All of them have pretty much have been pretty, they have been great. One of my favorites that used to be was Housewives of New York. This season was not great. Housewives of Beverly Hills was a shit show. It was not good this season. Um, even Atlanta was just okay. I mean, it was, it was good, right? Oh, let me say something about Housewives of of Atlanta. So (laughs) Wendy Williams went on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, right? So she's saying here, you know, Wendy Williams and Nene Leakes had a falling out or whatever. So she goes on there and I mean, I don't know. I will say this much, like I'm a big Nene Leakes fan, but for the most part, like lately, She's been going on Twitter and going on these fucking rants. I don't know if y'all follow her, but it makes her look really fucking bitter because you guys know, and I didn't talk about this, but Nene um, wasn't brought back for Housewives. I think that she was offered to come back, but it wasn't the money that she wanted, basically. And that's what she said. And she was like, it just doesn't even make sense money wise for her to be on the show and not get, um, I guess what she feel like she's worth. Nene was getting fucking bank on the show. So I also think though, just me being an avid watcher. I just think that Nene, especially if you watched last season, like Kenya is one of those people, like I don't like Kenya pretty much on the show, but Kenya's there and she does what she's supposed to do, right? She makes shit messy. She causes the drama. She brings the heat, you know what I'm saying? And so, but she also has friends. You know, you saw that Nene stopped being friends with Cynthia. Nene and Candy kind of got a, mm, you know, somewhat of a friendship. Nene doesn't have any friendships with uh, Kenya. She has a friendship with Portia. So last season, you kind of saw Nene kind of in redemption, trying to, you know, kind of mend fences with the ladies. But Kenya just wasn't fucking having it. And King and Nene did try, right? She did try to mend fences or whatever. So I just think that when it started, started getting to the end of the season, you started seeing more rifts. And then even on the uh, reunion, I mean, Nene just kind of, nobody really want to record with her and stuff. So I felt like the reason why they didn't really offer her the money that she's been getting, she's been getting paid because she, I don't think that she's really a huge piece of the puzzle anymore when it comes to Atlanta, because nobody really wants to record with her. So how can you have a reality show where people don't want to fucking record with you? Right. Or you're kind of problematic. I still love Nene, but I don't know. So Wendy Williams goes on Andy, Andy Cohen show. And she's like, you know, basically saying how, 
you know, she don't really know what Nene would do for money. Like, you know, and me personally, I will say Nene actually can act. I think she should dive back into that and try to get roles doing that because she actually was pretty good. Um, and so I'm not sure what she's going to be doing. I know she has some stores and things like that, but I mean, I do think that Nene could do something. Um, but you know, Wendy Williams just pretty much spoke her truth. I think people are allowed to say what they want to say. Right. And she wasn't too bad. She could have been a little messy a little bit, but Andy didn't say shit really. And he was like, you know, kind of in support of Nene. Nene goes on Twitter and she goes the fuck in. She basically calls Wendy Williams a cokehead. You know, she calls Andy a racist and she goes on all these rants. Right. And my thing is like, for me, it just kind of made me feel like, why are you doing this? And even if you are disappointed with your pay or the fact they didn't bring you back or whatever, if you claim the way she claims that it doesn't matter, she don't need them, fuck them. Then if it's like, fuck them, then let it fucking go. Like to me, Nene makes herself look bitter and I love Nene, but the shit she's doing right now, it, it's a turn off for me. Like I'm like, Nene, you, you out here looking crazy. I mean, for real, for real. So back to Potomac. The point to all this is Potomac to me has bypassed all of the other Housewives franchises. And I think Potomac is the best Housewives on TV um, right now. It, this season has been on fire from the beginning. And we're only, I think tonight will be episode eight. But last week, you finally see the fight that they've been advertising the, from the beginning, you know, with the uh, the trailer of the season. Candace and Monique. Now, I want to know your opinion. And when I post this, we're going to talk about it. You know, hit me on Instagram. Let's talk about it because I want to know your opinion. I posted this. I posted this on uh, Facebook and I got a whole bunch of feedback in regards to this because I feel like I watched this fight again and I'm still trying to be like, I don't think that I think when you get to a certain level in life, you shouldn't be fighting nobody. Right. Nobody should be putting their hands on each other. Right. But my thing is, like, I think what people forget, even though we're watching these reality shows, these people are fucking human. So Candace antagonized Monique and she basically asked this girl, this young lady to drag her. And in turn, Monique yanked Candace's ass over the table and she beat her up. You know, Candace definitely got her ass beat. And my thing is, everybody was like, both of them at fault. They shouldn't have been fighting the dog. You know, Candace shouldn't have been, you know, antagonizing her, which I agree. And I feel like sometimes when you get antagonized by people and somebody is kind of like damn near begging you to fight them, sometimes you just fight them, right? I don't know. I'm not saying I'm in, I don't think you should be fighting, but I kind of was team Monique on this one. I think I'm team Monique on on this fight. Uh, I had to think long and hard about it, but I'm team Monique. So um, I'm excited to see what happens on tonight's episode. But Potomac, if you watch Housewives and you aren't watching Potomac, you are doing yourself a disservice and you need to catch up on all the seasons. I think it's, this is the fifth one and you need to watch Potomac. All right. So my last thing I want to talk about with TV, I've been posting this on Twitter, talking about this show. I'm absolutely in love with Lovecraft country. Absolutely. This show is so fucking good. Comes on HBO. They drop so many nuggets every episode. You feel like you have to go back. I also listen to the podcast too, because you kind of got to trickle that shit in there too, to kind of get an understanding of all the things that was dropped in this episode, every episode. So last week was episode seven and it was, um, Hippolyta Freeman episode. And that's the wife, um, of George, who's the uncle of Atticus. And it's a hard, it's a lot to explain y'all. So if you're not watching it, you're going to have to watch it. Cause it's, it's, you're going to have to follow me on this. 
So this is actually the reason why I am talking about my thought of the week this week was due to this episode. This episode resonated so much with me. It gave me chills on numerous occasions all throughout the episode. And this was basically Hippolyta's episode where she actually was taking a journey in self-discovery and self-exploration. And it was beautiful and it was amazing. And if you're watching the show, I think you understand what I'm saying. And I don't want to sit and spoil things for people that's not watching it, but that's basically what the episode was about. And so today for the thought of the week, I wanted to basically explore self-exploration. Why is it important? And why is it vital to live in a better life within yourself? So let's just get into the thought of the week. All right. So for the thought of the week, we're going to have a conversation on self-exploration. I'm probably going to end up having more than one episode of this because this is a subject that you can kind of break down in so many different ways. There are so many different things that we can talk about. So I'm going to try to talk about as much as I can and not give you guys too much of information overload. But first, let's just start with the definition of self-exploration. It's the examination and analysis of one's own unrealized spiritual and intellectual capacities. So the last couple of weeks, I've been in and out talking about self-care, self-love, and I kind of been sprinkling it in the whole year for a lot of reasons. The main reason is that this year we all have spent a large amount of time to ourselves, right? Uh, Where you can see, and I, I know personally, even in my life, like I've seen people really struggling with the fact that you know, they've been in the house, they haven't had social interactions and things like that. And what I try to encourage people and what I try to encourage people this year is that while you've spent this time inside and while you've spent this time with yourself, have you ever thought about why you're struggling with spending time with yourself? You know, I think that people don't have a high level of uh, self-love and just self-appreciation to where you can handle having a long time with yourself. Cause a lot of people tell me all the time that they do not like being alone. And I always kind of think in my head, like, how do you not like being with yourself? How do you not like doing your hobbies and doing the things that you love? Or do you even know what you love? Is that what it is? Like, have you had a level of self exploration or self discovery, which is so very important for a lot of reasons. And I'm going to kind of get into it. So self exploration gives you an idea of who you really are what you want, what you like, what you are comfortable with, and where you want to go in life. I believe that when you start to think about all of these things when it comes to self-exploration, I think that's when you start to actually live your life with purpose. Uh, I always tell people to think, like, prime example, when I'm going to decide to date somebody, right, my initial questions that I always ask is, What's some of your personal goals? Like, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? If you're dating somebody or getting to know somebody and they cannot give you that answer, that's letting you know that they have a, they have not really spent the time needed in self-discovery. So if this person really doesn't have a high level of self-awareness and self-discovery, what do you think that they're going to bring in a relationship with you when they don't even know where they're even trying to go in life? So how can this person be in a relationship with you and grow with you when they haven't even done the necessary personal growth with themselves? 
that's just something that I think about when I'm even looking at people that I want to date, right? So that's something that you need to think about when you're even wanting to enter a relationship with somebody else. Because if you don't know what you like, what you don't like, what you believe in, your values and things like that, that was just parts of it. If you don't know these things, then how can you have healthy relationships with other people? Just something to think about. So when it comes to self-exploration, that usually when you start diving into that and really getting to know yourself, that leads to a high level of self-awareness. So what is self-awareness and why is it important? So it's the extent to which you know your strengths and weaknesses, your beliefs, what stresses you, your personality traits, what you like and dislike. It's also the extent to which these behaviors impact the people around you. Have you ever met somebody in life and I, I have, so where they are so, and we say it all the time, we're like, God, they are so fucking unaware of their behavior. They do not realize the shit they're doing. Those people are people that have a low level of self-awareness, right? So I've spent, when I started my personal journey, when it comes to therapy and really wanting to dive into myself, that's when I started my journey of self-exploration um, and what was important to me. Um, and I've and this has taken me years. It, self-exploration is not something that's just a overnight thing. It's not something that, uh, you're just going to do, you know, boom, right then. But getting started is the most important thing. And a lot of times people struggle with the getting started piece. Um, so how do you develop self-awareness? Um, you develop self-awareness by being open. Um, and most importantly, you need to be open with yourself and not to lie to yourself. I've said this numerous times on here, and this is truly what I believe. When you want to start really getting into the thick of yourself, you have to fully stop lying to yourself. When I, when I fully started seeing growth in myself, where I can sit and say, like, I have definitely grown as a person, it's when I stopped lying to myself. I stopped blaming others for my shit, and I started diving into why it is that I'm doing the things that I'm doing, why it is that I'm behaving the way that I'm behaving, why it is that I'm choosing the people that I'm choosing to date, you know, all these things, because it's not always the other person. It has to be something with yourself as to why you are in the shit that you're in. Why do you have toxic friendships? Why do you have people that drain the fucking life out of you? Why are you allowing it? Right? So you have to start asking yourself why that is, what you're doing. And, and it takes time to really figure out why that is, but that's where, you know, you start. So the benefits of self-awareness is by knowing yourself, you can utilize your strengths to help others around you and your, and your health and yourself. When you know your triggers, right? You know that like for me, I do not like negative people, right? It's a difference between somebody just telling you, oh, you know, Mika, my day today was shit. Okay. My, my day might've been shit too. So I understand that. Right. But when a person keeps doing things and putting themselves in situations to where, you know, it's always constantly a negative, a negative, negative, and they never say anything positive. Those are my triggers. Like I hate, I hate that, you know, and those are people that for me, I personally can't be around. I don't really care who you are, to be honest with you. Like I pretty much have boundaries. And if they still keep going over even the boundaries that I have in place, I have to start making the decision of, is this somebody that I want to have in my life? And in what capacity can they be in my life if I still even allow them to be in that space, right? So those are things that I do. 
And I learned some of those tools based, well, I learned all those tools in therapy. That's, that's how, you know, I started having more healthy relationships and honestly, more healthy benefits of my life. Because I used to be one of those people where I felt like I'm just going to save everybody, you know, all of their shit I'm going to take on because I'm strong. I can do it. I can help them. I can do this. And the thing is, is that maybe I can, but it's not really my responsibility to save the world, right? Like if I want to be there for a person or, you know, talk something through, if it's like a few one-off situations, then like, yeah, I'll do that. But if it's something constantly and you have all these fucking issues or like the person have all these fucking issues, well, you're not a therapist and you need to direct them to somebody that may can help them with what they're dealing with. Because when somebody keeps dumping things on you to where it's fully draining you and you're not getting shit from that situation, then why are you even involved in a situation, right? And so those are things that I had to realize, like, why, why am I involved in these situations and why do I keep getting involved with people like that? Because I was so unhappy just with life in general. And you don't really realize that, um, how those things can lead to a level of unhappiness. And what we all have to remember, um, and one of the reasons why I even started this podcast is that, you know, we all have this life, our life, the one we're living. And if you're not trying to live this life in the best way possible and being fucking happy, right? You have, you see people, especially this year, we have been surrounded by death, right? Not to sound morbid, but we have. And and some have just been completely unexpected all the way around. And so if you're seeing people that are, you know, surrounded by it, um, it's happening left and right and things like that, then you have to, in your mind, want to think that you want to live your life as happy as possible and as best as possible. And if somebody is not speaking towards your happiness and your upliftment and they're always bringing your ass down, then you need a damn think about that. Because why are you walking around miserable? And it could be inside of a relationship. It could be inside of friendships. And it can be inside of your parenting roles. You know, why are you unhappy? And um, that was why, that was pretty much why I started my self-exploration, um, you know, uh, journey. And it's been the most enlightening experience for me because I have learned so much shit about myself. Um, more than I, than I think I ever took the time to actually sit and even want to know about myself. Cause it used to be a point where I was one of those people who did not desire to be alone. You know, I would go from relationship to relationship and trying to find happiness inside of people or inside of relationships, instead of trying to find happiness inside of myself. And now for me, that is the most important relationship in my life is my relationship with myself. Because if I'm not right and I'm not happy and I'm not okay mentally, I can never be anything to anybody else. And I take that very, very serious. So what can we do to help you kick off your self-discovery journey? I actually found this article on Healthline. I'm going to actually put this article in the notes because I'm not going to go fully through the article. But um, this was a really good article that I found that I kind of wanted to go over some of the pointers in it. Okay, so start by visualizing your ideal self. Many people end up defining themselves by their relationships with others or the things they've always always done, never considering the possibility of anything different. Without a clear idea of the things that matter to you or the person you hope to become, though you'll continue living for other people instead of yourself. 
So it also said that, you know, you can basically start by asking yourself things like, what do I want from life? Where do I see myself in five years, 10 years? What do I regret? What makes my, what's making me proud of myself? And this is what I was stating earlier. This is pretty much how I got started. Um, and I still ask these questions and I journal these things. Like I journal these thoughts and I set goals and like, I go back and revisit them all the time to see like, um, where am I at with it? I also do uh, visualization. I think sometimes when you look at your goals or like with this journey, you can actually, like I have a, um, a cork board where I put my goals up. And so my cork board is like literally in my office where I sit and look at it every day. And some people need the visual of things as just a level check. That's what I pretty much call it, where you can kind of look and see like, okay, you know, um, I want to do this and this and this, I haven't done this. And why, why is that? And those are things sometimes that I journal with. When I talk to people about journaling, sometimes people don't really know what to write about, but I'm like, just write about whatever. Like I've gone back and looked at journals from like five years ago where I've talked about things that made me unhappy and just, I mean, the whole entire time, I'm like constantly talking about like, I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy, I'm, I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy. And it was just crazy when I actually went back and read because I mean, one, where I am now is way past the point that I was then, but it was just crazy how I just spoke so much of my level of unhappiness. And that made me so sad though for myself. Cause I was like, wow, like why the fuck have you been living like that? Really? So the next one is explore your passions. Passions help give life purpose and make it rich and meaningful. This is actually something that I talk to my child about a lot. Um, we really, in the past four years, dived into finding his passions because, you know, he really was acting like he didn't have any. And um, I think that's the most important thing you can do. And your passions could be anything. And it's not even something that you got to be necessarily amazing at. It could be something that you just really fucking enjoy doing, right? Like I enjoy running. I'm not the most amazing runner in the world, but it gives me so much relaxation and just peace and I enjoy it. And so I, I do that. You know, I love to be outside on my bike, running, whatever. It's one of my passions. And so also for me, I love to read, which I talk about all the time. And now my passion has been, you know, podcasting. It's been actually something that's given me so much pride for one. It's been something that's given me so much purpose for two. And it's been something that's given me so much joy. And it's something that's just mine, you know, that I can sit and, and do. So definitely finding a passion will help you in general with just kind of like learning yourself, things you want to do, stuff like that, and keeping the level of happiness. Also try new things. This is something that I think that people struggle with, with trying new things. And it could be something as simple as food. You know, you ever met people who always eat the same fucking shit and they don't want to try nothing fucking different. They just want to stay the same. Everything has to be the same. Well, I think when you try new things, it also, it builds, you know, diversity within yourself. It put down guards that you might have up to where you don't want to try things. You don't want to step out on faith. You don't want to do anything. Um, one of the pointers that it said is exploring new hobbies, especially ones you've never tried before, can sometimes feel a little overwhelming, especially if you go for the more adventurous options. If you feel nervous, try to think of how proud and accomplished you'll feel afterward. Beyond teaching you more about yourself, taking self risk may boost your self-esteem. So definitely, definitely try new things. I, I love the opportunity to try new things. Love it. I love the opportunity to meet new people, you know, and, uh, and maybe putting myself in situations that I might not have ever put myself in before. So that's something that I truly enjoy doing. The next pointer is evaluate your skills. 
Most people have a particular knack for something or other, crafting, home improvement, cooking, or or any number of other skills. As part of the self-discovery process, you might consider taking some time to consider your unique abilities and how you might use them. So this is kind of the same as, you know, kind of like your hobbies, but just knowing things that you're good at, right? Everybody is good at something. There's something that you have some kind of level of expertise in. And so, um, you know, you could work on honing your skills and things like that, which could lead to a higher level of self-confidence. And in turn, it can encourage you to keep exploring these talents along with others, you know. So I think that's really cool too. And also, this is one of the pointers that I thought was really, really important because I believe that, you know, not just for yourself, but when you start becoming involved with other people, um, and it could be friendships or, you know, love relationships. I think this one is really important. Identify what you value about yourself, your personal values or the specific qualities you view as are most important and meaningful can tell you a lot about your nature. These values can help illustrate the life you want to live as well as the behavior you expect from others. Values might include honesty, compassion, loyalty, create creativity, courage, intelligence. So basically they're saying like, you know, the more that you clarify these values can help you make certain you're living them out. When I started my self uh, discovery journey, this was something that I wanted to do for myself. Right. And as much shit that I've done in my twenties, um, and I haven't always been great. Um, I, I say that all the time and I admit that when I kind of went into my self discovery journey, I pretty much told myself, how do you want to identify what values do you want to make sure that you have and how do you want to carry yourself going forward? And so I've made it my purpose to make sure that my life aligned with the values that I wanted to have and show to others. And that's something that's very important to me. Um, honesty, integrity, compassion, those are the ones and humility. Those are the four that, um, I care about the most, um, and making sure that I display um, mainly from the standpoint also is that, you know, I have a bonus kid in my life and how I present myself to others and how I present myself to him, it matters to me a lot. And, um, I never want somebody to sit and say, when I think about my legacy and the impact that I want to leave on this earth with the people that's inside of my life, I always want the feedback to be that Mika was a good person. And, I can't always say that throughout my life that somebody would have given that feedback about me. Right. But when I had the opportunity to really start figuring out how I truly wanted to identify, and I wish that I would have done this self-discovery journey when I was younger to really know who I was and who I wanted to be, I probably wouldn't have made a lot of mistakes that I have. But when I started, I was just like, you know, I forgave myself for the things that I've done. And I, and I went walking into the journey that I wanted to be walking in. And that was probably the most profound thing that I could have done, but it was the most fulfilling that I think that, um, you know, I've, I've had, you know, in my life. Um, and it really changed, um, the trajectory of where I'm going. And when I started to walk more in faith and more with these values, I've had, um, I've been blessed since then, just being completely honest. And, um, and I enjoy it. Like I can, I enjoy actually saying like that I'm an honest person and I know what I shout out that I am and that everybody around me knows, like if I say I'm going to do something, they believe me, they know that I'm going to do it and things like that. So, um, how you carry yourself and how you want to carry yourself and how you want to be perceived 
is very important. So I think figuring out what your values are is definitely something that I think you should definitely take time in and journal and talk about it and write yourself a checklist of what you feel like those values are to you. The next pointer is ask yourself questions. When you want answers, start with a few questions. Why do I do the things I do? What drives me? What am I missing? What kind of impact do my choices have on my life? So the feedback that they gave in regards to that is don't feel like you need to come up with answers immediately though. Self-discovery takes time and it's most helpful to carefully consider your responses instead of grabbing at the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and above all, you know, when it comes to asking yourself questions and seeking the answers is to be honest with yourself. And I, and I said this earlier and I say this all the time and I'm going to say it again. In order to effectively have a self-discovery journey, you have to, you can't lie to yourself, Right. And so say you're dating somebody and you sit here Rolodexing through your mind, what might be the issue. And you probably don't want to admit that that person might be an issue because you love them. You have to fucking say this person is probably the fucking issue. Right. And if you got to make changes, you got to make changes. And so you have to do whatever you got to do to, um, get to the level happy that you're trying to be at. So also, um, learn something new. Learning works best when it's treated as a lifelong process. If you've always wanted to learn more about something in particular, take the time to study it. Books, manuals, or online tools can teach you quite a bit, especially if you like to develop technical skills or study historical or scientific concepts. I tell people all the time that you literally can learn anything from fucking YouTube. Like if there's anything that you want to learn about fucking anything, whether you want to teach yourself a new skill, whatever, right? Even if you want to go into another hobby, and you don't even know how to get started, you probably could Google and YouTube. This this world that we live in now is nothing like, you know, when I was young, where you probably had to go find a fucking manual somewhere. Your ass can just literally get on your phone and log into YouTube and search whatever you're trying to figure out or whatever you want to know and spend the time to learn it. Especially since we all been in the house, this has been the best year to find, to learn any new skill you can think of because for the most part, we've pretty much been in the house, right? So the next one is keep a journal. Um, some people feel like journaling is weird or they don't want to do it. Or some, I've heard people say that they feel like it's adolescence, which is kind of weird. Um, or some people don't want to spend the time in um, writing. But journaling is something that um, I think everybody should do. And what I encourage even to like my child, uh, he's 17 and I literally encourage journaling to him. And he, I, I don't force him to do it, but I highly encourage it. And, um, what I usually do is tell him to spend 10 to 15 minutes a day and 10 to 15 minutes a day is not a long time to just decompress. So like after you finish school, spend 10, 15 minutes to decompress from your day and talk about it. And that's just you journaling to yourself. And that's something that anybody literally can do. So, um, definitely journal, get into it and get into yourself. I journal all the time and, and I don't like, I have a million journals, um, I give my friends journals all the time, but I also journal on my phone. So in my notes app on my, um, on my, uh, iPhone, I just go and when I could, I could be out somewhere and something pops in my mind that I want to, that I want to talk about, I want to think about, and I just write a note to myself, or I might write down a few of my thoughts and that's me journaling. So you can do journaling in different ways. So that's something to consider as well. Um, the last step that they put in here was talk to a therapist, um, when the process of self-discovery seems overwhelming and you don't know where to start, therapy can provide a safe space to get some compassionate guidance. Um, 
I tell this all the time. Like I love therapy. I'm in therapy. I do not have a mental health issue of any sort. It didn't really, to me, honestly, even if I did, it doesn't really fucking matter. Cause that's nothing to be embarrassed about. But a lot of times people feel like, well, I'm not crazy. So I don't need to go to therapy, but it's nothing about being crazy or anything like that. Cause nobody's crazy. Right. But if you just want to have guidance, you know, some people have spiritual coaches, some people have, um, life coaches and things like that. Those are still levels of therapy. You don't have to go to a, a medical therapist if you don't want to. Right. But you know, helping people, they, they basically just kind of help you sort through a range of issues and that can include goals, clarification, career changes, identity issues. Those are things that you can get from a therapist. And so when I started going to a therapist, like I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. Like I never, you know, I grew up where it was like, you don't talk about, you know, nothing that happened to you, or you don't talk about what happens out of your household and things like that. And you don't talk family business. And so I was really guarded when I, when I started going to a therapist and then I started realizing how much better I felt and how like it kind of got me on track to just like so many things. Like, you know, I probably wouldn't have never started this podcast if I didn't go to, if I didn't start therapy, to be completely honest. And this has become one of my passions. And so all those things were, are in line with my self-discovery, um, you know, journey. And I'm still on my journey, right? Um, I learn new shit about myself all the fucking time. I, even this year alone, I've just learned how strong I am, and how much strength I have with some of the things that, you know, I've kind of had to work through and experience. So in closing, um, this is a subject that, uh, I probably will revisit in the future. I'll probably bring somebody on, um, uh, because you can go through so many different things and so many, so many different pockets of self-discovery and self-awareness and self-love and self-care. And so I love talking about it. I'm going to continue talking about it because we have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. And I think that when you begin doing the work on yourself, it's just a, such an amazing feeling. Like I'm still doing the work on myself. It's an everyday thing for me, um, but I'm enjoying it. And I enjoy the alone time with myself, whether I'm sitting there reading a book or listening to a podcast or listening to music. Like I enjoy it so much. And another thing I want to encourage y'all um, before I get out of here is do something with yourself. Like if you don't have nobody to go out to eat with, go out to eat by yourself. We're in, we're in phase three now in North Carolina. We're still in the middle of COVID. So I don't want you to do too much, but it just reopened movie theaters and things like that. Like go to a movie by yourself, just do things that you didn't think that you could possibly do by yourself. And, uh, think about how you feel after. If you don't love yourself or enjoy yourself to those high levels, that's just something to think about when it comes to you stepping into a relationship with somebody else because you you should not be draining the life out of the per- person that you're with. And it's easy to do by being fucking clingy as fuck and not having any of your own fucking life, not having your own hobbies and passions, and you just living on somebody else's. So that's why self-discovery and self-exploration is so important. And that's why, I, you know, I'm going to continue talking about it because I think it's important to me. All right, y'all. So that's pretty much all I have today for the thought of the week. Um, I thought this was a pretty dope conversation. Uh, don't forget to follow me, guys. Follow, follow, follow. My Instagram is at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. My Twitter is at IJMT podcast. You can also email me. That's IJMT podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or you want to be a guest, um, that's something I always can take in consideration. And uh, I thank you guys so much for listening. Like always, it's Mika here and I appreciate you.